welcome to the Living in the Yum podcast. I'm your host, Emma Garrison with Balance and Bliss Coaching. We will uncover ways to break through those limiting beliefs and stand in the power of you. Each week, the Living in the Yum series brings innovative, thought-provoking, and actionable content to help you gain clarity, alignment, and connection with your soul and heart. It's time to take action. Take an authentic stand for yourself and unapologetically live more into the young every single day. Are you ready? Here we go. So this week we have Stefanos Stefandos here. He does deep, deep work with men and women all over the world. He's a relational alchemist and an international speaker and is just a yummy soul who I've had the pleasure of meeting one time and I'm so excited to bring some masculine energy here to the Living in the Yum podcast. So welcome, Steph. There it is. Uh, Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I guess to get started, tell us what the heck a relational alchemist is. Oh, fuck, I don't even know him. I've got no idea. (laughs) I have somewhat of an idea. All right, so um, look, it came to me when I was actually in my car and I was coming out of my driveway and a few days leading up to this was a couple of years ago, a few days leading up to that, I was having a conversation with some of my team. I said, I think I need a bit of a title change. I don't know what I want to do. I don't even want a title, but I should have one, whatever. And I was pulling out the driveway. I was turning right. And I just said, relational alchemist. That's it. That's what it's going to be. I don't think anyone's going to fucking understand it, but that doesn't matter. I, <laughs> I get it. That's what's important. Um, <laughs> no, by the way, that's not marketing. That is not marketing 101. Your audience needs to understand it. And I don't think my audience understands it, so I need a lesson in marketing, right? But what it means, what it means is, for me, so alchemy is transformation and transmutation. Alchemy is converting something to something else, right? And so for me, it's how can we turn the important relationships into our lives into something of greater meaning? How can we alchemize them? So if, for example, you're in a relationship with your beloved, with your partner, your wife, your husband, whatever it may be, and it's really not a healthy relationship, you're arguing all the time, you're in pain, you're struggling, how do we transform that relationship that undesirable state of being in a relationship into a healthy conscious relationship one where you're relating with ease one where you're communicating with respect one where you love each other and care for each other one where you can vision co-vision together so we're transforming the style of relationship into something that's more desirable and more healthy and that so that goes for everything so how do you learn to relate better with greater effectiveness to the things that matter to you, whether it's your purpose, whether it's ideas, whether it's how you treat people, whether it's yourself, whether it's pain, whether it's fears, whether it's problems, how can you relate better to life? So that essentially is relational alchemist. And that's really what I help people do. I help people get out of their own way to see their true selves, to step into their power. I help them clear out the past that often blocks the present to be able to step into their future. I I help people develop the courage to step into the unknown. I don't do it for them. I'm just here a mirror. I don't know everything. I don't have all the answers. I just create a space for them to do that. I create a safe space for them to really say, you know what, I'm okay to go into this, into venture into this dark place within the chasm of my mind right now. I haven't been in the past with a little bit of guidance and maybe some help and some support and maybe just knowing that you're here, let's let, let me go do that. 
people do the work. I don't do it for them. I'm just here. And I happen to be really deeply passionate and inspired about what I do um, and, and how I show up in the world through my own personal experiences that, that has formed that. And, you know, over the years I've developed some skills that I'm consistently refining that I have insight into these areas and I'm just really attracted to it and magnetized to it. So, you know, I think any, if, you, if you're sort of really into anything, you become good at it, mm-hmm. right? Even, you know, whether it be a sport or – and some people become, you know, the, they go and get inducted into the Hall of Fame and some people are just really effective at what they do. You know, again, whether it's a job, whether you're a plumber or a bus driver, there's levels, right? There's, there's good plumbers and there's not so good plumbers. You know, there's great doctors and there's not so great doctors. But I feel those people that are really effective at what they do are the people that are deeply, deeply passionate about it and they're really connected to it and inspired by it. They're pulled towards that. And so I'm pulled towards that. And am I great or good at something? I don't know. Um, uh, that's not really for me to say, but I know that I have a deep interest in it and I'm always upgrading my wisdom and surrounding myself with people that are better than me so I can I can be better as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I love that um, you highlighted this, idea of I don't have the answers for somebody else Mm. and I think that's sometimes a misconception in the coaching world of people come to a coach to get answers Mm. and the like kind of connection of oh a coach has the answers inflates an ego but the reality to your point is like no, no, I get to hold the mirror and I'm also in continuous growth and expansion and upgrading and working on myself too. Like we're all in process all the time. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. We, we are, I'm in process all the time. I mean, last week I went through my own internal process twice. Um, it was, I think it was Monday, Monday and Thursday morning, Monday, I went through my own internal process um, around some insecurities about, you know, where I'm at in life, you know, where, you know, it was, it was really, and I'll just be very transparent and, and, and honest. So I was sitting at the kitchen table thinking my fucking life is so amazing. My life is so, I'm so connected to my life. I'm connected to my, my wife. I'm connected to uh, my practice. I'm connected to uh, my health. I'm connected to my relationships. I have amazing friends. My business is growing. I'm I'm just deeply, deeply. I'm grateful. Like I'm so full, and I was feeling really empty. Mm. And I was just sitting at the table, and I was just, and I feel like crying now, thinking about it because it's, it's, it's and I don't feel that emptiness now. But I was feeling that emptiness then. And I was upset at myself for being so grateful yet feeling so empty. And it wasn't so much I was being hard on myself. It was more, I don't understand why. And it made me sad. It made me even sadder that I was feeling sad. And and I just, and, you know, usually what I would do is shake it off. I'd go train. I'd go move my body. I'd get back into business. I'd do whatever, you know, I'd read, I'd create. And, you know, I'd maybe do a meditation around it. But I just sat with it. I just sat with it and I just allowed myself to cry. Mm-hmm. And I allowed myself to feel. And I didn't shame myself for it. It's one of the first times I never actually shamed myself with such. I didn't shame myself at all. I'm just I'm, I'm thinking while I'm talking to you, and 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 usually there'll be some shaming and guilting of myself, but I just let myself really. But it was a massive, massive breakthrough for me mm-hmm. in terms of how I dealt with that. And you know, I'll tell you something. This is the interesting part, and I'm not saying this is for everyone. I think this comes after certain certain exploration around self. 
I was maybe there for 20, 30 minutes. I let my wife see me in that vulnerable state. Um, we had a bit of a discussion. She sat with me. I sat by myself in, in solitude because for me, that's very important personally. And I think as a man, um, and then that weight lifted, the sadness lifted. I didn't need to know how I didn't need to know why I wasn't in, I, And I do know why that came after. So that, um, that insight came later, but it didn't have to come then. And we get so attached to having to know why, because we're so heady, right? We're so intellectual. Mm-hmm. We're so cognitive and we, we, we forget that, you know, 90, 90 plus percent of our thoughts are unconscious um, and they're on repeat that we forget that 70 plus percent of our communication is nonverbal. It's not in language. It's not in cognition. It's, it's in the way we present. It's in our body. It's in emotion. It's in nonverbal expression. It's in body language. And so, not knowing and not being attached to not knowing was really helpful for me. And, and I, I so, so why am I sharing that story? Because we, we spoke about knowing all the answers and going, you know, I'm constantly going through processes and, you know, the one on Thursday was similar. I was working on something. I'm, I'm building something for Christine and I in terms of a, uh, it's, it's an investment vehicle, right? Just, I'll just say that. And anyway, I'm learning a lot. It's, there's a lot of technology involved in it and I'm pretty good with tech, but, Oh fuck! This is so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, I'd literally just I'd slam the computer down. Old habits, right? I, I, I grew up watching my father just get angry at everything and having a very short fuse. You know, we we would cough as kids, and he would scream at us for making noise. You know, that type of thing. You know, I would drop a fork, and he would scream at us, scream at myself and my brother for dropping a fork and and making noise and whatever it was, right? So. That can be in me sometimes. I, if I get agitated or frustrated, I, you know, I, I just, it's, it's called in mindset, in mindset conditioning and training, it's called a rigid mindset. And so there's growth mindset and there's rigid mindset. And so I have that rigid mindset sometimes. And it comes out sometimes, but in that case, I just breathed. I sat with it. Mm. I felt the sadness come up again from Monday and I just let the sadness come through me. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally, I was like this. I mean, people, view, viewers can't see, but I had my hands on my um, on my head, clasping my head, and I said to myself out loud. I whispered it. I said, "How do I want to choose to react right now? Or what what do I really, really want to do?" Because I've been working on this thing for hours and days, days, right? Just nonstop. And I was not well. I was a little bit under the weather. I was a little bit sick as well. Yeah, and 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 you know, served served 125 men the weekend before whilst being sick and sacred sons, and that was deep. And then again this weekend, and how do I really want to approach this right now? I took a big deep breath in. I allowed the emotion to move through me, and I just, I felt peace and calm, and I went back to it from a new perspective. And so again, I I, I spent some time there to illustrate that. Yes, I'm a coach in this space. Yes, I'm in a personal growth, personal development space. Yes, I have certain things together, and yes, I don't. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? I think if I did, I think if, if we all did, I think, well, that will, firstly, if we all did, that would be great because we'll probably be living in a, in a realm like Avatar. Fantastic. <laughs> um, but I don't think we are. And, um, and even in Avatar, there seems to be some issues too. And that's okay, but that's part of being sentient. In our case, it's part of being human. Right? Mm-hmm. It's part of being conscious. And so I think that's healthy. And, and it's when we when we really own that, and it's something that's very new to me is only because I had this idea that, you know, years ago, I'm a coach, like, I'm perfect. Like, there's nothing wrong with me. I've done my work. I've done it. It's all, it's all good. I've done it. I've got nothing else to do like yeah, every now and then, but I've really done my work. But 
you know, I don't think people are really attracted to that either. I think there's a there's a fear around that because it's you either distance yourself and you pedestalize yourself, or it's 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 there's no connection there. People can't relate. There's no relatability. Mm-hmm. And I think there's then ego gets too much involved as well. And so it's just saying, you know what, own it. It's just, yeah, I don't, I don't have great days all the time. You know, and I was, I was at Sacred Sons now surrounded by epic, epic men, co-facilitators, epic men that bring amazing gifts. And, you know, the truth is there's a little part of me, the little boy comes out and says, oh, I'm threatened. Am I going to do it good? Am I going to be a good facilitator like these men are? What about my gifts? Are they going to be valued by the men or are the men going to not gravitate towards me? Am I going to be able to serve them? Are they going to not like me? You know, like the little boy comes out, the little wounded boy comes out, you know? And so I go through that stuff. Um, but what we do with it is what matters. Yeah. I breathe with it. I sit with it. I stay with it. I move it. I'm deliberate with it. I reframe it. I look at it again. I say, who's really speaking? Is it me or is it parts of me that are wounded and hurt that, maybe just need a little bit of attention in order to heal. Sometimes we think, you know, it's, we have to go through this massive process for healing. And sometimes that's the case, being my, that's been my truth. But often it's not, uh, not often, I should say often it's not, just sometimes it's not the case. It just needs a little bit of attention, just a little, some movement, breath, sound movement, like move, move the energy through the body, move the thought, reframe it, give us some new perspective, focus on what your gifts are, and then play in that realm. And then, you know, magic happens. And then you open the doors. You get out of your own way and magic happens, right? I'm always in my own mm-hmm. way. <laughs> Welcome mm-hmm. to the club. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and I think I think to that point, I mean, that totally aligns with what we were just talking about. The process is never over. And um, I love that you bring up, like, my little boy comes out still too. And this work isn't about bypassing that. It's not about not experiencing those insecurities or doubts coming up, but it's about yeah. moving through them. Yeah. Um, and I think too, the, the, you had mentioned moving through the sadness and then, and, and in my head um, that requires a little bit of surrender for me personally. Yep. Absolutely. Massive surrender. Actually, I think. Yeah. And you can't, or at least for me, I'll speak for myself. I personally can't get to the, oh, I have a choice in this until I surrender and move through the emotion. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. Like the choice comes from the, okay, let's, let's move it. Yeah. There's an acceptance, right? There's an acceptance of where we're at. And I I equate acceptance, not 100% 100% synonymous with um, surrender, but there's a parallel drawn. Mm. And so for me, surrender and acceptance give us the opportunity to stop complaining because when we complain, we're stuck in the past. Mm-hmm. We haven't forgiven the past. We haven't felt the past. We haven't felt the pain of the past or the trauma or the issues, and we haven't accepted them for what they are. So the non-acceptance gives us permission, in, in indirect unconscious permission to keep complaining about it. And so if we're complaining about it, we can't heal it. Mm-hmm. We're aware of it, but we're, the vantage point that we're aware of it from is one that's not fruitful to our growth and to our ability to move through it. When we accept and surrender, we give ourselves permission to stop complaining and we can actually move into the past from a more non-judgmental place, more neutral place. And that gives us the freedom to heal the past and be more present. And so we then come into the present and deal with what we have now as opposed to being, it being amplified by past events that unconsciously stream through our behavior, our beliefs, and our lens of, of operation, our lens of how we see the world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious your thought on like getting stuck in the complain phase. Is that usually around like a judgment thing? Is that a sitting in victim thing? What usually keeps people in that complain kind of yeah. ping pong back and forth? Yeah, it's, it's what you just said. So the, there's judgment and victim. And what it does is it keeps us in our familiar stories. And our familiar stories are safe. And so the ego wants familiarity because familiarity is safe. It's comfortable. And so it keeps us in those familiar stories. And depending on your personality type and depending on what, you know, quote unquote wounding you have. Um, and not everyone has childhood wounding. vast majority of us do, though. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's a human thing, human construct. Um, depending on you know that wounding, it will determine what the complaining centers around. You know whether it's really a cry for attention and and, and it's a victimhood because you know that when you when you play the martyr or when you as a child, I'll just share my I'll just share me. So as a child, one of my coping strategies was victimhood because I knew when I would complain or it wasn't complaining back then but when I would tell that story or show my my parents oh I'm suffering Mm -hmm. it would it would it would decrease the chances of my dad hitting us because he felt sorry for us Mm -hmm. and so it felt sorry for me and so that gave me an opportunity to escape the violence and that 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 I took that into my adult relationships in my adulthood without really knowing it as an example right and so that victim story was, so, you know, be complaining, oh, woe is me, my life's hard, people feel sorry for me, I get attention, I get love, right? But that's not healthy. It worked for a period of time and it kept me physically safe. Great. Thank you, brain. Thank you. Thank you, uh, reptilian brain. Thank you, you know, th- thank you, though. Thank you, nervous system, for understanding that. And as an adult, that's not really, the, they're not really the type of relationships I want because they're also laden with, um, the the effect of that the other part of the, the dynamic with with my parents too right and that's not healthy and so we have an opportunity to shift that and that's what the opportunity is yeah 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 and I think our natural the familiarity and the thought patterning that happens or like you had mentioned um, you know your patterning would be to shut the computer down and kind of be get loud about it because your dad screamed get angry yeah Yeah. get angry and I think what is is sometimes forgotten about is these patterns like you just mentioned are so deeply embedded in us because they used to be tied to safety security love acceptance and so while we like notice oh I'm getting angry and gonna slam the computer we're not consciously drawing back to oh that's because this used to be a way of patterning or um the insecurity was a way to keep me safe from dad or Mm. um any of that it's not a it's not a conscious awareness which is why I think this deep work is so imperative because we get to have those aha moments of okay where is this really showing up and then what do I choose Yeah, that's very empowering. What do I choose? Mm-hmm. Because we, we either choose deliberately and consciously who and what we want to be and what we want to experience in the world, or we're dictated to past behaviors, past experiences, compounding in and over, in, in over and over again in our body, in our being, in our mind, in our emotional body, in our spiritual body, our physical body that dictate what we attract and, and what we tolerate. And so we get to choose. And that's, that's really empowering and it's also really scary. Because many of us haven't had that level of empowerment before. Yeah. 
You hit on what we attract and how this shows up in, in what we attract. And obviously you work a lot with relationship with self and then relationship with other people, with, with mm-hmm. your clients. So, so how do these patternings show up in, in what we attract and how we attract and what comes into our life? Yeah, let me think of an example to give you um, another example. I used one earlier, but let me, let me think of another one. Um, I think one for my life as well, which is uh, I think can be can be quite common. So common because a lot of men have repressed anger and rage, mm-hmm. um, and they don't know where it comes from. A lot of it comes from abuse, the way they were repressed. They didn't have an outlet for emoting healthily and communicating. And so, what what many men will do is attract volatile relationships in their life because that's been their upbringing. So I was attracting volatile relationships in my life because that was my upbringing. That's what I was accustomed to. So I'd be I'd be magnetizing a lot of that as well. And so if we talk if we look at masculine feminine dynamics for a moment as well, this is a little bit interesting. Um, and let me just to clarify something. So masculine and feminine are just uh, polarity expressions that exist, contrasted expressions and complementary expressions that exist within every human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and so depending on what your ethos or your philosophy is, but we can look at if you're a, if you're a man, your core essence would generally be masculine. If you're a woman, your core essence would generally be um, feminine. Now um, for the LGBTQT community, um, and for people that don't consider themselves male or female, this still applies as well. There's a little bit more complexity in terms of the, the psychodynamics of the core essence. However, contrasted expression live, exists in the world because we live in a physical realm. And so there's a duality that exists or, or opposites, complementary opposites as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it applies to everyone is the point. I'll just use heteronormative terms because that applies to, that's the majority narrative. And so most, most people can relate to that, but you know, I invite people to, if they don't resonate with that language, I invite them to create their own language around that, but get the essence of what I'm saying. Right. That's, that's really important too. And so we're talking about masculine feminine dynamics. We can, we can have these parts of us that are healthy and these parts of us that are wounded as well so for example you can have uh, you can be in in your wounded feminine okay and so you're also going to attract wounded masculine men and potentially wounded feminine men as well if you're if you're heterosexual and if you're if you're um, attracting if you're attracted to men in terms of romantic relationship and so an example of that could be if you have an inability so part of being feminine or having a feminine expression for example is receiving Okay, so as a woman, if you really struggle to receive, Mm -hmm. if you really struggle to receive love, receive gifts, receive compliments, just really struggle to receive, you're very, you're not very effective with self care, you're not very effective with self love practices, right? You'll probably attract a man who also has a wounded feminine, who's shut down emotionally, who's unable to receive as well, and who probably has a hyper-aggressive masculine or a hyper-intense masculine where in this case he doesn't know how to be and how to also give openly in relationship. Mm. And so you're getting more of I'm not worthy of receiving, I'm not worthy of receiving. Mm -hmm. It reinforces the story. It reinforces the story. Yeah. As an example, yeah. Mm. Wow. Interesting. 
Yeah. So back to the feminine and masculine dynamic, because I think most of the time in like day-to-day society outside of the coaching space, there's less of an understanding of like the intertwine of you get to be both. You get to experience masculine and yeah. feminine, and it's going to show up whether you want it to or not. So yeah. can, can, can you talk a little bit more on um, masculine and feminine energy and, and how that comes up in, in life? Yeah, definitely. And so what we want to do, is we want to cultivate our core essence. And so you get to figure out what your core essence is, right? And so if we look at the various, um, the the various, I'll give you some examples. This is, it could be quite interesting. So if we look at the various bodies that we have, we have the physical, we have the spiritual, the emotional, and the psychological body that we're made of. Mm-hmm. That, that, make, that makes sense to everyone, right? We have a mind, we have emotions, we have a, a spirituality, which is a, a connected practice or a connected understanding of the, the cosmos and reality. And we have our how um, our physical bodies, right? And so, for example, let, let's let's go into this for a minute. Oh, we have that. We also have our sexual body, so we can we can speak to to that body as well. So let's go into this for a moment. I'm going to ask you a question, mm-hmm. and you you just let me know which one resonates more with you. Which one? The majority of the time would resonate more with you. Okay. Okay. Um, would you prefer to go to the gym? train hard, intensity, have an idea of what you're doing, go in there, get it done, go hard, sweat, hard, intensity, like really that you get the idea of that type of gym session, right? High volume, high intensity, painful, you're in there. Or the majority of the time, right? Or the majority of the time, would you prefer, say, a dance class or a yoga class? This is so interesting uh, because I've been doing a lot of work with this with my coach. My my traditional reaction would be, what's the outcome? Is the outcome changing my physicality? Because then I'm going to want to go to the gym and work as hard as I can, as much as I can for as long as I can um, and make sure I'm hitting metrics. Yeah. Well, so you've just answered the question, actually, without answering it. So because you went to outcome-based, outcome based outcome outcome focus is more of a masculine energy mm-hmm. and so um i would say your physical body or your physical your physical body your physical being is more masculine orientated now given that's just one one fucking question so there's you know there's obviously more you know there's there's many more questions that you would ask to really get clear on that yeah but we could say let's just say that's your you know if you're really focused on the outcome it's more of a masculine energy around that and so we could say your physical body is more masculine now that doesn't mean that you're a man or that you're more masculine in your being at mm-hmm. all Mm-hmm. We're just looking at the different parts of it. And it's not bad or good. It's not wrong or right. You know, you're a woman and or I'm a man and and in every single one of my bodies I have a feminine energy or, or I'm I'm gravitated towards feminine. No, not necessarily. It's not a bad thing or a good thing. It's what you want and what you want to what experiences you want to bring into your life. So let's go let's go into um into the emotional as an example. Would you prefer to sit down and really feel with a partner or with, with someone in front of you, feel your emotions, go through every aspect of it, get to the nooks and the crannies of the emotion, allow time and space to feel the emotions, 
maybe speak to them a little bit, but it's more about actual expression? Or do you prefer to speak to your emotions? Do you prefer to get to the core of what it is that is troubling you or the core of what it is that, that you're really happy about and explain it, understand it and move on? What would you prefer, first or the second? Mm, I'd prefer the second. Okay. So in your emotional body, there's more of a masculine energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Um, and, and I heard you just say there's not a right or a wrong. No, there's not. Let me be very clear on that. No, definitely not. Yeah. And I, I totally, it's, it's lining up. Like I 100% live more in, in the masculine energy space. And, um, do you want that though? Right. And that's where the question about the emotional stuff, because I just went through these really intense workshops these past two weekends and they cracked me wide open, which was amazing because I have, traditionally had quote unquote blocks around getting deep into the emotion because I just play up here. I will like NLP my brain all day long and like make sense of it that way, but I'm not feeling it physiologically. Yeah. 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 And you see, there comes a point where there is almost a a natural dynamic to things. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and in the world that we live in, which is so complex, so the women that I work with, the individual women that I work with, generally speaking, it's it's one of two types of women. It's either women that are, are really in a space where they're ready to find themselves, reconnect to their who they are, who they are, their truth, really open their hearts again, learn how to live fully, really just. They've lost themselves for many years, whether it be through family, whether it be through children, through relationships, through whatever it is, right? Or I work with women that are really um, very outwardly successful women, wealthy, success, status, titles, all the things, and they're looking for relationship with a man that can meet them where they're at and have a really healthy relationship, healthy romantic partnership, and they're really ready to do that. And the vast majority of these women, what they're actually seeking for and the language that they use is I want to be and step more into my feminine. Mm. Now, that's not the case for every single woman in any capacity. There is something, though, about, um, again, masculine feminine does not apply to only, if you're a man, you're only a masculine. If you're a female, you're only feminine. We're talking about the subtleties of core essences, but you get to choose what you want your core essence to be. And there seems to be, in the experience that I've had, there seems to be this beautiful marrying of when a male steps into their core essence of healthy masculinity and a female steps into her core essence of healthy femininity, they meet somewhere in the middle and there's a beautiful union that transpires, a very healthy interchange. And there's something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. There is something to be said for that. Now, that can still happen in two people that – are not we're, we're, we're sort of removing gender for a moment, and I think it's I think it's silly to remove gender completely. I, I don't think it's possible. It's like saying um, you've got hair, but pretend you don't. Okay, well, well, your hair's there. Why why do we pretend you don't have hair? And you, you know what I mean? It's like oh well, just for for a moment, just stop being so heady. Okay, you can stop being heady. You can stop being really intellectual and cognitive. However. Your intellect and your cognition also plays a role in your humanity and who you are. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. We have to, we have to, there's something about that. And so if we go back to what we were speaking about earlier around 
healthy masculine feminine dynamics there's something for understand there's something to speak to for understanding who we are understanding what our core essences are and different expressions um why don't we go through why don't we go through some of them why don't we keep going through some of them and i'm sure some more questions will come through from, okay from from that as well so let's go into intersexuality mm-hmm. for a moment and so if you don't mind answering these you don't mind being no yeah no I mean, i'm happy to go into it if you want my response to it i'm happy to do that as well so um in your se- in your sexuality in your sexual expression are you would you prefer um you know orgasm and completion or you uh, more it's about the sensuality it's about every moment unfolding upon every moment unfolding upon every moment and being in that moment and just allowing the exploration what's your preference definitely the sensuality yeah so your feminine your sexual essence is more feminine per se mm-hmm. okay so in sexual dynamics and that's in in male female sexuality that can be actually really really important mm. as well in terms of um in, in heteronormative male female relationships that can be really really important yeah um for various reasons Okay, let's go to spirituality for a moment. Okay. So with spirituality in this area of life, would you prefer to either be in solitude and meditate? What are you attracted to? Being in solitude and just being in stillness and silence and away from the world and in meditation? Or would you prefer something like... um, uh, like an ecstatic dance or a chanting in a, in a large meditation group or a group meditation, what would you prefer? Um, the latter. Your core essence is more feminine in your spirituality. Okay. Um, what have we done? So we've done sexuality, we've done spirituality, we've done physicality, we've done emotions, we have mental next, correct? Uh, or or the, the intellectual body, right? So, What's your, what's your preference here in terms of your cognitive body or your, your mind body? Do you prefer to learn through direct experience and again, being in a group setting, maybe being in a mastermind, being in a, even an online workshop, um, or being in a retreat weekend, something like that, right? That immersive experience, Mm -hmm. or do you prefer to learn at your own pace um, read, take notes, write, like, you know, in solitude, so to speak, the former or the latter? Uh, former. So your mental body is more feminine. Now, are these, are these completely, these are one question per body, right? And so there's more extrapolation that takes place. And are they completely accurate? The answer is yes and no. It depends on what, what ethos you follow. It depends on, on how you see masculinity and femininity. And the truth of it is there are many, many perspectives and opinions out there. You, and, and at some point, we've got to go with what you resonate with and then explore that path deeply. And so there's an example. I, I've, I've forgotten the original question that you asked, though, around – you asked something about core essence. I forgot. Sorry. I was just asking how they how they play into oh, yeah. life day-to-day. So, like, I – okay, so – now I can see, okay, I, I flow a little bit more feminine spiritually and um, masculine in other realms. So, so then what, you know what I mean? Like, is this, uh, which I guess is like the masculine energy of, okay, so what's the solution? What's next? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Right, and and that's and again, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah, there's no, there's no, that's not wrong to have be solution orientated. It's the 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 world that we live in is very much conditioned to that, and we also need that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're stuck in a survival situation, you need to be solution orientated. Mm-hmm. And why is a survival situation important? Because we all like to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all like to know unconsciously that we're dying. As a bit of a parable there, or a paradox, because we're actually never really living, are we? We're always dying. We we were born, and then we die. The moment we're born, we're 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 dying, right? Might take fifty years, might take twenty years, might take one hundred and fifty years, but we're dying. And so it's what we do in between that space. And so you get to choose, right? You you get to choose. And the survival situation is important because we all actually want to know that we're still dying. <laughs> it's just something innate within us. It's like it's innate within us to be alive. Is probably a better way to say it. People understand, but philosophically, we're actually dying. We're not really we're living, but we're dying first. And so then we get to choose what we do with that, right? And so, why is this important? How does it apply to everyday life? Well, you get to choose because we all know the more awareness and knowledge we have and wisdom we have around who we are, the more we can do something with it. We get to choose what we want to do with that. And so you get then get to choose and say, okay, well, sexually I'm in my feminine. And you know what? I really like being in my feminine. You can be a man saying this. It doesn't matter. So I really like being in my feminine. What's going to complement that? I'll give you an example. So if a man is in his masculine with his sexuality and a woman is in her masculine with her sexuality, at some point they'll butt heads. And they both may share that, that focus on completion energy and masculinity doesn't necessarily want what he already is. Mm-hmm. And that's a complimentary opposite. So at some point, at the beginning, that will be attractive because it's familiar. Great. We're, 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 you often hear people say, so I was attracted to him at the beginning. I was attracted to her at the beginning. But then later, what I liked about her at the beginning, I really didn't, it didn't resonate with me anymore. I didn't like that anymore. We, we, we fought about that. We argued about that. I love that he was so ambitious, but then... After a while, that ambition just it got out of control and I didn't like it anymore. He forgot about me. He forgot about the relationship. Mm. So there's something in that, right? There's something in that complementary opposites and really understanding ourselves and each other. When you understand yourself more, you can choose to seek outside of you what complements you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this with the masculine and feminine. It's it's more natural in one direction or the other. And then you can gain the awareness to then choose, okay, do I want to be sitting more in my feminine here? Maybe I can shift a couple of things to lean more that way. Like it's a fluid choice at that point. Is that right? So then you can kind of mix and match with other human beings or um, based on a situation that you're in at work or with a parent or whatever you're doing. Am I, am I hearing that correctly? Yes. And I, I feel that if you are in, if your core essence, your overall core essence is masculine, then really play to the strengths of that. That's really important. And when you do that, your, your feminine. So I, I notice in my life when I, when I focus on my healthy masculine traits, by default, my feminine my feminine traits naturally appear in a healthy way when they need to, as they need to. So, for example, when I, as a, as a as a man, when I hold myself accountable to my feelings, and I create a safe space for my feelings to be expressed, 
that's the masculine container coming into play. So I focus on my masculine, holding myself, that's non-judgment, not shaming myself, knowing that I've got me, I'm strong in my posture. I allow those feelings to come through. That's feminine fluidity and expression coming through. But it begins with me focusing on creating a safe space for in my environment internally and externally for those feelings to come through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a focus on my healthy masculine. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I was just going to say quickly, people come to me all the time. Women will come to me and say, I want my man to be more feminine. You actually don't. You think you do. Mm. What you want is your man to be able to take care of himself and his feelings and his whole being and then be able to show up for you. And you actually want him in his healthy masculine. Men come to me and say, oh, I think I need to be more in my feminine. No, you just need to be stop stop being so fucking aggressive in, in your and stop being so... Um, unhealthy in your masculinity and aggressive and extreme and intense and get that into a more homeostatic place get that into a more balanced place and you'll notice that your ability to relate to other people and share because that share that sharing is also a, a feminine thing right it's a feminine expression that will come more naturally mm. and that's a big mistake that we make is we try and force ourselves to be something that we're not just focus on being a healthy version of you and the, the, the balance will come. And if you adhere to your core essence and you just look at your life, what that is and what you really want, you, you, you can start to develop that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea that we get to just be play into the strengths and let the rest come through. Yeah, we also, I mean, you know, we don't we don't like being boxed in, into anything. Mm-hmm. So I get I get this often. Oh, the language that you use is what you know. What about uh, homosexual people, or what about people that don't identify as a male or a female? Or we we always like to be boxed in. And the reality is, we can't make everyone happy. We can't make ourselves happy all the time either. And there's we all, we want to be so fluid, and so. F- Part of the fluidity, so fluidity is a feminine construct or a feminine energy. The feminine has been suppressed for so long, thousands of years. The feminine has been suppressed and there's been an unhealthy dominant masculine expression in the world. And so it's very natural as the female and the feminine voice, I say and, not one in the same, and one in the same and different, the female and the feminine voice is rising up. And so the pendulum usually swings. We've had extreme masculinity which, by the way, anything extreme is not healthy, whether it's extreme femininity or extreme masculinity. We've had extreme masculinity, which has become distorted in its expression. And now the pendulum's swinging the other way, and we're having extreme femininity, where everything needs to be fluid. And everything needs to be, oh, I'll be there at 10, but maybe it'll be 11. Or, you know, I'll be there when I get there. Or, or well, if I want to be this, I can be there. Well, you can be that. That's great. But there are also outcomes that are associated with the choices and the actions that you take. And sometimes you may not like that. And so there needs to be a balance of fluidity and saying, you know what, this is who I am. I'm just going to step into it and own it. And it's okay that I own it. It's, it's not the end of the world. It's, it's okay. I get that I'm, that I am who I am and that's safe to be that. And so I think there's too much fluidity in our, in our society right now. And I don't think that's, and, and that's not, from what I'm seeing is women are saying, where, where are masculine men? Where are they? Because men are also not knowing how to be. And they're thinking, oh, if I be more like a woman or I be more feminine, then then I'll be I'll be able to attract more women in my life. 
And while there's a resonance there because there's a familiarity because it's within women, again, speaking the heteronormative mm-hmm. relationship, there's there's also a repelling because a woman wants a masculine man. Yeah. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, it's it's so interesting too, like how um in the very beginning of our conversation you were talking about women who have a difficult time receiving, which I think is, I, I, my experience is like most of the women in my life have a difficult time receiving because the conditioning is women and the historical patterning is women are here as like nurturers and givers and I'm going to take care of my man or, or whatever. And so then that receiving becomes, uncomfortable but what you're attracting is somebody who is in those same wounds and the similarity in that is where where the disconnect really lies yeah and some and what i'm saying is it's okay to to label ourselves it's just how we label ourselves Mm -hmm. and it's okay to be fluid and i think we're in a space where we're too fluid at the moment and there's, two, there's a lot of confusion about who we are. Mm. There's a lot of confusion about our genders, a lot of confusion about our values and our wants, a lot of confusion about how we're meant to be. There's just a lot of confusion. There's a lot of confusion about what we want collectively and individually. And I, I just think this is a, trans, it's a transitory stage of where we are as a humanity. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the confusion. I think the confusion is fine. Um, if it stays like this for too long, then it, it will get really unhealthy. But I think it's a it's a it's an opportunity to transit into clarity. Confusion is an opportunity to transit into clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really believe that. I mean, the first program I ever wrote was chaos to clarity, like, you know, confusion to clarity, essentially. Like what appears to be confusing and chaotic is it, it, it actually let, gets us to clarity and gets us more clear on what we want to be as a society and as individuals. And while we're doing that, there is a space for, okay, there's no right and there's no wrong. And it's, and, and it's not about, again, right and wrong are judgment calls. It's not so much about right and wrong, good or bad. It's about what serves you. And we have to go, I think, through that confusing, chaotic place of, okay, what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? And, yeah, you get to answer that. You really do. And if we look back at history and we look back at certain cultures in history, there's something to be said for how they were with each other as men and women and how they behaved and the roles that they played and how they flourished in certain areas of of the culture. And, of course, you know, I'm very aware that I'm picking and choosing certain cultures and times and the, the times 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago are very different to the times now. I get that. I'm not, I'm not naive to any of that. I'm saying there is wisdom that exists in certain ways of being as men and women in community that we can actually take from our ancestors and we can bring that into the, into the world today. Mm. And I, there's some value in that. For example, men being men. Men are very isolated today. Men are very isolated. I mean, I've got a, a private Facebook group of men. There's over 2,000 men in that group. The number one issue that they face is that they're alone and isolated. That's why they're there. Which is interesting. I'm curious because when you were asking the questions, I couldn't help but to, to identify if you're sitting more in feminine or masculine. I couldn't help but notice that um, several of the masculine questions were centered around solidarity. Yeah. Now, solitude and isolation are different. Solitude is deliberate. Solitude is conscious. Mm. Solitude is understanding. Okay. Isolation is forced upon us. Ah. It, it comes from fear. 
comes from pain, comes from not understanding ourselves, being too scared to express, not feeling that you belong. Mm-hmm. Solitude is a deliberate choice. I'm, I am, I'm solid in who I am. I know myself. I'm choosing to be still and in silence and alone for a short period of time because I resonate with that and I know it's going to serve me. Mm. The big difference between solitude and, and, and isolation. Yeah, yeah. Big difference. <clears throat> and so in, our, in cultures of the past, men banded together. Men, groups, small groups of men, explored the world together. They extended the perimeter. To extend the perimeter means they kept their, their small communities and families safe. They, they hunted together. They created together. They built shelters together. I'm going in a very primitive, biological, primal place now. But there's something to be said for how that has transferred into our lives and how we function at a neurological level as well and, and psychobiological level. <clears throat> Not to be all and end all, but it's something. It's something to, to really say, okay, there's something here for us. Mm-hmm. Men are missing that male contact. In certain tribes, if, if you're a man and you made a mistake, you were taken out with other men. There were rites of passage. You were taken out with other men and you were, you, it's not like you were whipped or anything like that. You, you, were, you were held. You were, you were loved. You were redirected. Mm-hmm. If you had an illness, you, you were helped. You were served. You were supported by other men, your peers, your equal peers. You, you were able to relate to men's issues that only men can relate to. Same with the women. That doesn't mean there was massive separation. Come, come together again in community. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how to be a woman because I'm not a woman. And I can't really tell a man how to be a man. I can, but I can relate to a man at a different level because I'm a man. Yeah. And I deal with male issues biologically, hormonally. We're different. Our brains are different. Our hormones are different. doesn't mean that, we're, that difference needs to be criticized or judged. I can relate to men in a particular way. The, through the culture and, and how, how boys transition into, into manhood, how women transition into manhood. See, here's another example, uh, sorry, into womanhood. Women, females transition into womanhood very distinctly, very clearly. That distinction is they begin their menstrual cycle. It's evident. Mm-hmm. Yes, their body parts grow. Men's body parts grow as well, you know, hormones. And, but men don't have that distinct oh, biological, I was a boy, now I'm a man. Because now all of a sudden a woman can have babies. Yeah. She has, starts having a menstrual, she can have babies. She's, she, her body matures a lot earlier. We don't have that. So men need cultural rites of passage. So there are distinctions between, and we're missing that in today's world. Mm-hmm. Our rite of passage is, oh, you're 21, you can drink alcohol. Or you're 18, you can buy cigarettes. Or you finished high school, that's a rite of passage. And then these aren't, the finishing high school is not a bad rite of passage. However, it's not, it's not laden with deep meaning mm-hmm. and there's no careful attention where boys can look to other men and elders that are respected and that have values and are grounded and are solid men and are healthy, conscious men. And, and I don't even know if women have access to that really. Yeah. In fact, I don't think we do as a, as a society. And so it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, let's, let's do our thing, not in isolation and separation, but in, in individuation. And then let's do our thing together as well in community. And there's great power in that. And that's what I think that's something of what, what we're missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you've, you've mentioned this a couple of times of just the, we get to feel safe just as we are. And I think, I mean, same as you like I'm a woman so I can't speak from the male perspective but like 
I think especially for men in today's society where there's been a lot of suppression of emotions and, oh, you're, you know, such a wuss if you're going to cry or whatever. There's like all of this stereotype wrapped up that makes it feel unsafe for a man to just be. And, yeah. and, and so the creation of, um, you know, the different groups and things that you've put together, which we'll talk about in a second, I, I think is such a blessing and, and for any, any man to be able to step into that is like, hell yeah. You know, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. There's an opportunity for a word of precipice right now, I believe of deep change where we have a real opportunity to grow as a collective and it's going to require some, I don't want to use the word separation, but just going to, but that's what it is, just doing our separate thing for a bit, a little bit, right? In order to help us understand ourselves better, we can understand each other better. So understand ourselves better and we can understand each other better. And there's going to, there's something really powerful in that. Um, but there's a deliberate intention to do that. It's not, oh, I'm going to do my thing, you're going to do your thing, let's separate, we're different, you've got no value, we've got, you know, our value is better than yours. You're it's not that, it's not I'm better than you thing, it's, it's a connection and understanding thing. Can we go deep into that? Mm-hmm. And that's the opportunity that we have now, I think, where we are because we're starting to see that there's great value in the feminine, great value in feminine expression, great value in women. Um, finally, we're see- really seeing that and we're able to absorb that. And there are men now that are, that are saying, okay, I want to do more work around this and I want to get clear on what it means for me to be a, a great man and I want to show up for my family, my community, the world. I want to be of service to myself. And I think that's a big part of masculinity is how do you serve others and how do you serve yourself? You know, that's really important. And, 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 you know, femininity has the same services as different. The, the language is maybe different. It's nurturing. It's how do I nurture my being and how do I nurture others? Because the, the feminine has a beautiful nurturing capacity that's, that men can learn from. Compassion is a feminine expression, as an example. Does that mean men don't? That men lack compassion? Of course not. And 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 oh, we're masculine, so we shouldn't have compassion. Definitely not. We need to compassion, <clears throat> just like a woman needs to have doing energy. She needs to be able to complete things during the cycles of her day. That's it's a human thing, not necessarily a gender thing. Mm-hmm. But it's just a feminine, masculine expression, and there's nothing wrong with having that within you. And so we, we're just at a point now where we're. And these are complex things to talk about. They've been spoken about for thousands of years, and no one has a clean direct solution to it or clean direct answer of this is how it is and this is how it needs to be and this is how it should be and this is the only way yeah and so we're having some deep discussions about some very complex things and sometimes they're not easy to speak to and people are going to get offended mm-hmm. and that's okay mm-hmm. it's okay i think political correctness is another thing in our society that needs to just fucking calm down <laughs> totally it's just, it's, yeah like it's, i get it and i also understand i'm not naive to the fact that Minority groups that come from that place, they also have a right to um, to speak to that political correctness. And if we keep dividing, we're going to get more isolation and more separation. So at some point we have to say, okay, I'm sorry, uh, please forgive me, I thank you, I love you. Let's come together, you know. Ho'oponopono, let's come together and let's let's really, let's do something with this. And I see, I see, you know, I see, <clears throat> I work with, people from all over the place in terms of race, creed, colour, ethnicity, culture, religion. And there are minority people, minority groups that are in those places. And we we can't, I can't feel, I can feel that pain, but I haven't lived through that, right? Mm. And I had a beautiful, it was a beautiful, in one of my workshops that I ran over the weekend, this young Hispanic man said, 
uh, you know, I'm a racist. I, I look at white people and think, what do you know? You haven't grown up in the hood. You haven't grown up with you as a person of color. You've got all the privilege. And he said, I'm wrong. I'm wrong to say that. Mm. I'm not That's not fair that I'm projecting that on people. And I don't want to be that person anymore. Mm. And I, yeah, I've had hardships. And yes, I get, and he, you know, he's a school teacher. So he, he sees things from very different perspectives from young kids to adult. And he gets it. And he also saying that I don't want that division anymore. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't want to be that person anymore. And I know I've had hardship because of who I am. You know, I've been pulled up by, by police many, many times and just be, be what seems to be I'm not doing anything just of who I am, my ethnicity. And is that every white person's fault? No, it's not. However, there's a collective attitude that permeates discrimination. We have to cut that. And so what, what role does that play in this conversation? It's, it's the same with masculine feminine dynamics in terms of we, we have to stop discriminating against so harshly people that are making choices about their sexuality, about their emotional expression, about who they are and how they want to be in the world. Mm. And so some level of fluidity is great because it gives us an opportunity to explore and then get clear on what we want to be. Yeah. Too much fluidity, that's not healthy because we get stuck in limbo and confusion. And so we have an opportunity, again, to look at our past, learn and extract all the great things that communities w- would do in the past that we can see, bring them into the present, and also learn from who we are as a culture today. I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I could just learn from you all day long and ask you endless questions. I have like so much spinning in my head right now, um, and I want to be cognizant of time. But yeah. Tell the listeners how they can work with you, how they can find you. What do you have going on so that they can get connected to what you're doing? Mm, thank you. I appreciate that. Lots of things going on. So for the single ladies out there, there's a, less than a couple of weeks left for um, Christine, my wife, and I. Uh, we have a program called Be The Queen. So you can visit my website, stephanosafandos.com slash be the queen. Um, that's for single ladies really looking to call in their king. Um, that's a really beautiful program. I'm very excited about that. We, we're, we're nearly full. We maybe have three, two to two to four places left. Okay. Um, that's an amazing program. Three month journey starts at the beginning of November. Um, for the men out there, again, lots of, lots of work. Reclaim your kingdom, um, be the king, which is coming next, next year, which is a, it, it incorporates elements of reclaim your kingdom, but reclaim your kingdom.com. You can go there, but you can visit my website, stephanosafandos.com. And all the service offering to there. I do a great deal of one-on-one work, something I'm still very passionate about. I don't think I'll ever stop. Um, and that's really intimate, deep work, six-month journeys generally. And we just, we go in and we go all in. Um, and again, you can find out everything that I do on stephanosafandos.com or jump on my Instagram, stephanosafandos. Yes, love it. And I will yeah. link everything in the description and your Instagram and Facebook pages so people can connect that way as well. Thank you. Um and just thank you so much for being here. I've loved thank you. I've loved learning from you and I can't wait to share this with everybody. Thank you, Emma. I appreciate that. And thank you for your time. And it's been lovely speaking and connecting with you also. Yeah, yeah, likewise. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this week's episode or any episode of Living in the Yum podcast, please show it some love on whatever platform you use. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with your neighbors. I work with clients in one-on-one settings all around the world and have group programs available as well. Let's get connected. Contact me at emma.m.garrison on Instagram 
or sign up for a discovery call at www.balanceandblisscoaching.com.